Caroline Dowd Higgins. Thank you for listening to Your Working Life, my podcast series featuring thought leaders in the career and personal growth arena. You spend a significant portion of your life at work, so my goal is to provide you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. And I am delighted to welcome my guest expert today, Adam Markell. Adam, welcome to the show. Caroline, it's a pleasure to be here with you today. Well, thanks, and I'm really excited about your new book, but let me share a little bio with our listening audience. No matter how successful we are in our lives, our careers, and our relationships, many of us reach a point where we ask, isn't there more to life than this? And that's how it was for you, Adam. You are a transformational trainer and CEO of New Peaks, one of the world's leading human potential training companies, and your new book, Pivot. Art and Science of Reinventing Your Career and Life is taking off like gangbusters, and I'm really excited to unpack the book. I've read it. I'm excited about it, and I know that our listeners will learn a great deal. So, Adam, let me ask, okay? You were happily married, making piles of money, as you stated, as an attorney and a real estate developer, but you weren't happy. So what made you realize you needed a change? (laughs) <laughs> well, misery. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how else to put it. I was pretty uh, unhappy. I mean, I was approaching uh, approaching my fortieth birthday, and I don't think it had anything to do with the age. Really, it was waking up in the morning, uh, pretty much every day, and just feeling dread. You know, the yeah. first the, yeah. the first thoughts of the day when I put my feet on the floor were really dread feelings about what I was going to be doing. You know, commuting into the city, I law pra- my law practice was in Manhattan, and I also had a, uh, an office in New Jersey. I spent a lot of time in the car getting in and out of the city and spending a lot of time with judges and clients because I was a litigation attorney. And I basically just I didn't love my life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was that misery that, that really created kind of a pivotal moment, if I can use that word, yeah. for me. Because I, I had a, a kind of a choice to make that either I would continue to go down this path. And, and as I, I look at it today, I really believe that many, many people are leading lives of quiet desperation as I was. Yeah. Um, really kind of protecting their status quo, protecting what they have. Uh, and it's very much a fear-based mindset, a scarcity mindset that wanting to just not make mistakes and really create, again, uh, you know, heavily committed to the status quo, which ultimately leads to a feeling of mediocrity. And after a period of time, I just, that mediocrity collected in, in my soul, I would say, and I could feel as though I was just losing my, my force, my life force, my energy, my enthusiasm, my love for, for my own life. And then I, I decided that I couldn't continue to do that. And uh, and that pivotal moment of deciding this is this is not going to work for me in the in the future really came when I thought I was having a heart attack and ended up in the emergency room with my oh. wife and thinking I was going to die that day and not get home and and see our four kids you know we had been married and still are so happily married after 26 years and I just couldn't believe as I l- l- lied in in uh, the hospital in the emergency room on a gurney with all these electrodes and things hooked up to me and I was so emotional in the in in thinking about what my life had meant to that point 
and how I just really hadn't accomplished what I, I wanted to and, and hadn't, didn't, didn't have the feeling of success inside of me. And I realize there's a lot of people out there that don't feel successful despite what many accolades they may have and you know diplomas on the wall and, and things that other people might judge as successful. Uh, like me, I was a lawyer and very successful law practice and beautiful family and all those things to be grateful for and yet I was not fulfilled. And, um, and success without fulfillment feels like failure and so I felt like a failure. You know, I'm so proud of you for, for your candor and your ability to share that. And I know that it resonates so deeply with so many of our listeners. And it, it shows me that there are many different definitions of success, right? And it's not always just money and prestige and notoriety. You know, you were at the top of your game and you were not gratified. So thank you for being candid. That, that means a lot to me. And I know our listeners are grateful. My pleasure. So, so then what? Right? So, okay, so you identified, okay, this is not working for me. How the heck did you start that journey toward the reinvention? Well, so first of all, I didn't use the word reinvention. At the time, <laughs> <Reinvention>. right? <laughs> I think the part of the word that, you know, reinvention um, that scares people is because it implies great change. I, mm. The word reinvention is, is a word of change. It describes change. Yeah. So, is, so is the word pivot, by the way. True. And pivot, pivot is definitely a change in direction. And I teach people now that, you know, that it does not have to be a scary process. Um, when you realize inside of yourself, when the feeling that you have inside of you, the intuition, if you want to call it that, even the guidance, um, says that a change is necessary, uh, it doesn't have to be a jump ship change. Yeah. Because that's the thing that I think gets triggered for people is like, you know, do I have to change my whole life? You know, I don't really, I don't hate my life. I just don't, I don't really love my life, you know, that much. Or I don't love this aspect of my life, whether it's my profession or my career, you know, my, my, my job, or whatever it is, or, or some other thing. Like maybe it's the, the, the body that you find, the physical body you find yourself in at the moment, or it's even the relationship or the quality of relationships that you've got. You know, those things, it doesn't mean you have to jump ship, uh, you know, stop what you're doing, move to Tahiti or anything like that. In fact, <laughs> I didn't do any of those things. Okay. When, I, when I realized the day that I, I left the hospital, that I obviously wasn't dying that day. Uh, I just got a, a lucky break. I really I got a second chance or you know a reprieve, if you will. Yeah. Um, that that I needed to just make some changes to my life. And and what it started out as is you know the doctor had said to me, well, what do you do for a living? I'm lying on the gurney and my wife's holding my hand and I'm thinking I'm not going to see my kids that afternoon and this highly charged environment. Uh, and the doctor walks in and he says, you know, okay, I've looked at your charts and all that kind of thing. He's being very kind of, you know, close-lipped at that point. He says, what do you do for a living? And I say, well, I'm a, I'm a lawyer. And I could see almost a grin mm. start to form in, in his mouth. You know, he's holding back a smile. And, and he says, oh, yeah, what kind of kind of lawyer? And I say, oh, I'm a litigation attorney. I see him now, again, containing this grin. And he says, okay, so let me ask you something. Do you, do you drink coffee? And I said, yeah, hello. <laughs> he goes, well, how many you know how many cups of coffee have you had so far today? And it's you know about noon time, a little before noon. And I said, well, maybe like I don't know. I started the day, I had about six cups, you know. <laughs> and now he's just can't even contain himself anymore from sort of chuckling. Um, and he said to me, look, 
you're not dying today, you're not having a heart attack even though I know it feels like that because the level of stress that you're under and the caffeine that's in your system and the cortisol that's being produced by all that stress and anxiety, is, you know, that's what's creating the sensation that you're, you think you're, you're having a heart attack here. Um, he says, but you may not be so lucky a year from now. Mm. And so he was very compassionate in spending a little bit of time with me that day. And when I left, I didn't know that I was going to move from being an 80-hour-a-week workaholic lawyer to you know, eventually teaching people some of the things that I'd been able to learn in business and in personal development and traveling the world as a trainer and a facilitator and then ultimately buying uh, – becoming one of the owners of the company that I was working for and being the CEO of that and moving our whole family to California and all those major, major changes in our lives didn't start out that way. In fact, it took almost three years for most of those changes to actually even occur. At the beginning, I just left the hospital that day committed to making small changes and that's all a pivot is, is a small change in direction, which over time creates transformation in your life. And, and that's what it did for me. So that day, you know, one of the small changes was I cut back on my caffeine significantly. Yes, I bet. I bet that was one of the first things the next day. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. You know, and the other thing that, that I did that day was I, I committed to reading some books that might help me to just sort of dive in to, you know, other people having been in the same situation that I'm in. I'm a big believer that, you know, if there's anybody out there that's been able to do anything, then you should be able to do it. Mm -hmm. And you can learn how to do it. And so you study masters and you study people that have, have created any kind of success that you'd like to create and you model them. And that's what I did. I started to read some great books that helped me to think differently. And as soon as I started to think differently, I began to, I began to act differently. Uh, because our actions follow our thoughts often, and uh, and that's that's really how I began. And you know, the rest is kind of you know, it's it's not aside from the point, but it's really the the question of not doing the same thing today that you did yesterday, expecting you'll get a different result tomorrow. Right, right. Isn't that the definition of insanity? Right, <laughs> expecting the same uh, outcome. You know, banging your head against the wall. I love Adam how you, you're so candid about small adjustments can really lead to big changes. So map out those baby steps. But, you know, in the book, you say that so many of us suffer from selective blindness, but we don't even know it. So what does that mean? It just, <laughs> it means that we're unconscious. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, you know, we, we choose at times not to focus on, on certain things in our lives that are screaming for attention. Um, and so to me, one of, one of the new, you know, I, I provide in the book a 21-day pivot plan. You know, so the first, it's kind of divided up into three sections. The first section is about clarity. And that clarity is, I use the analogy of a windshield and how, you know, throughout our lives, our windshield gets kind of caked with mud and dirt and things like that. And yeah. So, some of that mud and dirt is the programming and the thoughts and the beliefs of other people. They're not even necessarily our own stuff. It's other people's stuff that just ends up Somebody on our windshield. baggage, yeah. Yeah, totally. And so the first part is, you know, what does it take to be able to clear the windshield? Because it's key to know that when your windshield is cloudy and, and even, you know, sort of dark with dirt and, and grime of, like you say, old beliefs, old systems, limit, limiting thoughts and things like that, um, and other people's baggage, it's impossible to drive quickly down the road, your road of life, um, with, a, with a windshield that's, that's dark and, and hard to see. And that's why people drive so slowly and why, you know, ultimately it's that slow, 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 you know, 
kind of drip by drip, day by day, mediocrity that ultimately leads to our to our death. And I don't mean just even physical death, but just the death of our heart and our yeah, spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And and so you clear that windshield so that you can then take actions which can create momentum in your life. So the second part of the book's all about what it takes to create momentum. And then I provide a a twenty one day action plan, which is the pivot plan, where you create new rituals in your life that lead to new ways of being, thinking and being and doing. Um, and so one of those things, you know, you said at the very outset, which I absolutely love in as part of your intro to the piece, you said something about, again, loving, loving your life. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I give people one ritual that changed my life and continues every day for more than eight years to change my life, which is the most important ritual. And that's your morning ritual, how you begin the day. Um, when when your mind is the most fertile, when your mind, your conscious mind is waking, but is still sort of tethered through this, you know, this ethereal ligament, if you want to look at it, this little, you know, thin cord, this invisible cord between your subconscious uh, mind and what's going on in your subconscious and your conscious waking mind. And so at that very crucial moment in time when we're first awaking, uh, awakening, I give people three a three-step process. And the first step is simply to wake up. And and folks always chuckle when I ask, I'll ask, you know, a couple thousand people at a time at one of our events, I'll say, you know, how many of you woke up today? <laughs> you know, it's like, well, and then how many of you are not so sure, right? And there's hands that go up on, on both sides of that. And and the analogy I like to, to make with that is I say, our our job fundamentally to be happy, to have unconditional happiness in our lives is simply to be able to wake up a little bit more today than you did yesterday. Mm, we, we, make it, we make it so difficult for ourselves. And, uh, and, that, and that, I think, is, is a part of a, um, a habit that we have and a tendency that many people have uh, that is, is tied to struggle. In fact, there are a lot of people who are addicted to struggle, and that's why they make things so complicated, you know, so that it's almost impossible for them to to succeed that way so i make things simple and the first thing is wake up check your pulse make sure you're awake because there's no question that there are people that did not wake up today as you're taking your first breath of the morning there are people who are taking their last breath of the day and so it's such a blessing that you're you're alive to begin with and so the second step is simply to have that acknowledgement that that you're, you can be grateful for even the simplest and most basic thing, which is the fact that you, ha- you are alive. So even if you're alive and today's the day they're going to come and take your furniture or today's the day that they're going to auction your home in foreclosure or today's the day you got to go clear out your desk because you got fired you know, last week, you're alive. It's, not that, it's not that those things don't matter. It's mm-hmm. that you're still so blessed just to be awake and alive and, and to start your day with that baseline, that foundation of gratitude is so key. So you wake up, you give gratitude, and it could be for you, for your family, for anything you want, but you spend a few seconds in bed just being grateful and and feeling that in your body. And then you put your feet on the floor, and how blessed are we just to be able to do that? Put your feet on the floor, look down at your beautiful feet, stand up and say these words, you know, with your hand on your heart or throw your arms up in the air, but say, I love my life. I love my life. And, and that simple three-step process to start your day as a morning ritual has changed my life. And I've been fortunate to speak to, I don't know, well over 100,000 people all around the world these days. And there are a lot of people, thank, you know, not, not due to me, but just due to my having had the blessing to share this, that 
that they start their day with those words, and it's changed. It changes so many things radically for I the so, better. I so appreciate the the concept of gratitude because it it has been transformational in my life, and I I see it impact so many others positively as well. And it's such a simple act, and it really is moving. It really can create that presence and that mindfulness wherever we are. Agreed. So, Adam, I, I know that um, you wrote about this so beautifully in the book, but I want to give our listeners a glimpse of what's coming as they as they read the book. So many people get stuck in the past, and then other people are paralyzed, even just contemplating what could happen in the future. And you talk about the terrible power of the past or escaping the prison of the past. And then on the other side, those that are just panic-stricken about moving forward. So how do we break through those barriers? Well, thank you for that question. I think it's 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 really not even a question of breaking through the past. Um, and I and I love I love that you're you're putting it and framing it that way for me um, because breaking through you know the breakthrough is important for sure, but it implies again something that's like hard work. So I want you to um, where if if you're able to to take something in your hand right now, just mm-hmm. you know a pen, a Got pencil, it. just anything, hold it in your hand. You, you have it there. I got it. Yep. Beautiful. Now grab onto it nice and tightly. Okay. okay. And I want you to imagine that that object that's in your hand, I'm holding a pen myself. I want you to imagine that that's the past. Mm. It could be that you were abused as a child. It could be, you know, the most horrific circumstance, or it could be something less than that. But, you know, it could just be that you, you can't forgive yourself for, I don't know, for, you know, making some mistake at your, you know, in your job, you know, three years ago and you got fired. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is, but imagine something from your past that you're holding on to. Have you got something? I got it. Beautiful. Now I want you to squeeze really tight. Okay. Okay. I want you to answer this question. Are you holding on to this object or is this object holding on to you? Ah, what a great question. I'm holding on to the object and I can let it go. So go ahead and open your hand. Yep. And I want you to release it and just allow whatever is in your hand to just drop to the floor. Okay. Yep. And that that is a process, you know, that we we work with people on. It's called letting go or releasing. Mm-hmm. And and it might sound like it's oversimplified, but again, simple is usable and that's what I love about it. Um that is all it takes to release negative emotion, to release the past, to release the history. Because the only thing that in my experience that gets in people's way, the only thing that ever gets in my way is my conversation with myself about what something means. Yeah. You know, my my decision to hold on to things or my decision to release and let go of them. Love it. Thank you for and, that. And, and you know what? You use the word baggage. And and it's it's really telling how many people are are literally walking around almost like they're holding a knapsack. You know, they're carrying a knapsack on their back. And every time they've got a regret, they've got some old uh, resentment, some old thing of the past, it's like a stone that gets placed in that knapsack. And after years of walking around with that knapsack, that, that knapsack weighs so much from all the stones of the past that people carry around. And, and sometimes the, the most profound breakthrough that people can have is not really breaking through anything other than simply releasing, yeah. letting, letting go, putting down the baggage that they're carrying around intentionally. Adam, I love how you write because you do give us very clear action steps. You're, you're a tremendous storyteller and you do simplify it. And I think that is 
especially poignant to the audience because it's relatable. So let me ask you a specific question. You you beautifully illustrate, and I'm going to give you a moment to talk about your 21-day practice for change. And, and you and I know that, that ancient wisdom holds that it takes 21 days to create a new habit. So what are some examples of some very small changes that people can do to make a big difference over time? Beautiful. Um, well, I mean, I've given, I've given one to begin with, and I think the way you begin your day is very powerful. So I'll, I'll bookend that with the way that you end your day. Oh, nice. This, yeah. So the starting of the day is the I love my life practice. The ending of the day, for me, and again, I offer this as part of, you know, 21 days every single day. There's a different, um, there's a different action step for people to take, and a lot of those action steps really do have to do with creating rituals. So my end of day ritual is that I I think back on what has happened throughout the day and what I can be grateful for. And what's interesting about it is I when I start my day being being gr- grateful, and when I start my day saying those words and feeling them, I love my life. And by the way, people ask me all the time, Adam, when you began doing that, did you really believe it? I mean. He just all of a sudden started to love your life, and I'm like, no. <laughs> it took a long, it took a long time, time, yeah, of convincing uh, by my actions that my life was worth loving, that I I really do love my life, and I don't have to convince myself ever about that anymore. Yeah. But the way our conditioned mind works is that throughout the day, you will look for ways to be to to make yourself right. That we're 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 built that way as machines we seek to be right all the time because right when we're right we're safe and that's the reason why it's not like we want to be right for some ego reason even though you know the ego has some aspect of it you know the ego is there to protect us mm-hmm. and it protects us to keep us safe to keep you know and and so being right is a part of that so what ends up happening is that you will look for ways uh, your mind will find reference points throughout the day that prove, <laughs> that are evidence to the fact that you were right to say the words to begin with, I love my life. So when you go to sleep at night, you're getting ready for bed, you just review what happened today to prove, to be evidence of the fact that, you know what, I do love my life actually. Yeah, you know, I had some challenges and and this was a bit of an uphill, felt like uphill climb today, but man, I'm here. And yes, I did do that. And, you know, I did, uh, you know, go out boldly. I, I, I made mistakes. I was more accountable or more responsible. I'm more aware. I'm more awake. I'm more alive. I'm still alive after this whole day. This Whatever it is that you look at and go, man, that was a success. And I, and I do love my life. So it's just a few minutes to kind of review and recap, and and I sometimes do journaling at night for that purpose, just a little bit of writing before bed, and sometimes people like to do that, so that's cool. And then the last thing I do is that I forgive, and I think power of forgiveness is is very underrated in many ways, how, how powerful and how poignant forgiveness is in our lives. And so the last thing I do is I forgive. I forgive myself and I ask and I give thanks, you know, actually give thanks to to God, to spirit, to universe, to whatever you might call it. I, I say, I use the word God and I say, thank you, God, for forgiving me my trespasses today. The ways in which I may have... Uh, just not been at my best, not been my high, my higher self. Maybe I was frustrated with somebody. Maybe I was angry. You know, maybe I, I just didn't show up fully. I didn't, I didn't give a hundred percent to everything that I, I put my, uh, my hand on today. So I ask and, and just give thanks for the forgiveness that's already mine. And, and then I also 
give thanks for the forgiveness that's everyone's. So I say thank you. Thank you for forgiving everyone and everything that could possibly want or even need forgiveness. And, and that allows me to go to sleep, to get ready for bed, um, expecting and prepared and, and open and willing to receive forgiveness in my dreams, that I have dreams of forgiveness. And that way I get to start clean so that the next morning when I wake up, I start clean. I have a clean slate. I put my feet on the floor to say those words again with an opportunity tomorrow to do even better than today, to be just a little bit more conscious and awake tomorrow than today. Adam Markell, you are a joy. What a delight to have you on the show. Your book is Pivot, The Art and Science of Reinventing Your Career and Your Life, and it's extraordinary. I am strongly encouraging all of our listeners to get out there and read it. How can we buy your book, Adam? Oh, that's so simple. You can either go to Amazon or you can go to pivotbook.com. Pivotbook.com is kind of cool because there's a 21-day journal and a 21-day video series that you can get access to as well. But you go to pivotbook.com or you can go to Amazon either way. And the book comes out April 19th in hardcover, so you'll get a hardcover edition of it. And, uh, you know, it's really, really exciting. And I don't know if you have people on the East Coast that might be interested in this, but we're actually, uh, Barnes & Noble is doing a book signing. It's kind of a cool thing. It's 7 p.m. on April 21st in New York City oh, at, at their 86th yeah. Street store on the Upper East Side. And I'll Very be there. Good. I'm going to sign books. It'll be kind of fun. Very good. Thank you for mentioning. Yes, we've got listeners all over the planet, my dear. So thank you for that plug. For those in the Big Apple that day, check it out. What time of day is it? Adam? Oh, it's at 7 p.m. 7 p.m. Eastern. All right. Well, my dear, thank you so much. I hope our paths cross again and perhaps in person next time. And I thank you for sharing your wisdom and your energy and your passion with us today. Caroline, you are a dear. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Adam. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in to Your Working Life, where my goal is to help you design your career destiny so it doesn't happen by default. Career and life satisfaction is possible, and it's time to embrace what you love doing so you can do more of it. My show is now available on iTunes, YouTube, Podbean, and Stitcher. Leave a comment, because I always appreciate hearing from my listeners. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Take good care.